July is Dreams and Visions, and uh, my, my title, if you, prefer, if you like a title, is Having a Vision to Change the World. Does that sound like a small vision? Yay. Can we all be part of that? Yay. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Juliet. Let me pray, um, and then we'll get into this. Father, thank you. Thank you that, Lord, you've created this world in which we live in. Father, we sometimes forget how an amazing God you are. And so, Father, we open our eyes to your creative power. We open our hearts to your creative love. And we say this morning, Lord, show us more of yourself. Father, help us to dream. Help us to have a vision. Help us to go somewhere and do something that would enlarge your kingdom, reach the lost, heal the sick, raise the dead. Bless others, Lord, that your kingdom will be enlarged and established, we pray in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. We'll start in the book of Acts. Um, So, let me just read to you a bit of a story from Acts chapter 10. Um, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion who was called of the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with his household and who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, I guess that's great if he calls you by name, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel spoke to him, he had departed. Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from amongst those who waited on him continually. And we'll read on. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up to the household to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But they were made ready and he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven open. And an object like a great sheep, bound on four corners, descending to him, and leapt down to the earth. In it there were kinds of four-footed animals in the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and the birds of the air. I'm not going to read on into that, that, that vision, but there was a faithful man of God who had an angel come and call him by name. Now, I don't know whether you've ever had that happen. Have you ever had an angel come into your room and say, Dave... Peter, Simon, Maria. Have you ever had that happen? When God calls on you, you sit up and you take notice. You don't just, you don't just roll over and go back to sleep. You sit up and you take notice. You know, the reason people call you by name, they don't go, Oi, you, come here. They say, Cornelius. God was calling him and saying, Wake up. And as he called him, He had a task for him to do, and I'm not going to go in that today, but the point I'm making here is God speaks to his people in dreams and visions. 
there are lots of dreams and visions throughout the Bible. One of my favourite Bibles that dear Terry introduced me to is, is Date's Bible. I don't know whether anybody's got a copy of Date's. But Date's, before computers were invented, went through every book in the Bible and came up with every prophetic word, counted every prophetic word in the Bible, and then mapped it to every prophetic word that had been fulfilled. So you come to each book and it says there are 37 prophetic words in this book and 22 of them have been fulfilled already. You imagine doing that manually. Imagine just, I mean, great to be reading the Bible, but just that diligence. And as I was looking through my Dates Bible, I realized that dreams and visions come up many, 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 many times in the Old Testament and the New. And whether it's conscious, as Matt said, whether it's, whether it's with your eyes closed or whether it's with your eyes open, as Matt was saying, God speaks to us in pictures. God shows us pictures. And so I want to encourage you. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, write it down. You know, I don't know what your memory's like. Mine, my, my, the, what, what did I do the other day? I walked into, I walked into my uh, study where I work. Um, and then I walked back into the kitchen. And I walked into the kitchen and saw... Why did I walk into the kitchen? So I walked back into my study again, and then walked back into the kitchen and said, ah, I remember now. Maybe you don't do that, but... So, God speaks in dreams and visions. Now let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, I think it is, isn't it? Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. Because God does speak to us. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from what to the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he should grant you, according to the riches in his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you are being rooted and grounded in love, that you may be able to comprehend with the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ, Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Christ has called us. Christ has a a calling for us. And God speaks about, and even here as we read in Ephesians, Paul talks about exceedingly abundantly more. We think of the widow um, who had nothing and was encouraged to gather bowls and pots and jars And she gathered all that she had and she filled them from the jug and kept on filling them, kept on filling them. And when everyone was full, the oil stopped coming. God does exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or imagine. He goes before you. He goes ahead of you. He opens doors and you didn't even realize there was a door. 
I'll, I'll be a very, very, very simple one. You've probably stood and held the door open for somebody, because I've done this, and I'm sure you have as well. You stand and hold a door open for somebody, and somebody walks through, doesn't even acknowledge you, doesn't say, no, that's, that, that happens, I'm sure it happens, but then probably didn't even recognise they were walking through a door. And I think it's the same with God sometimes. God holds a door open for us, and we walk through, and we don't even realise that there was a door, and that could have been shut. And so God goes before us, and God goes before you, and he goes before me. And as he goes before us, he provides. And in providing, he fulfills his visions and his dreams that he's given us. And you might say, okay, a dream to change the world, that's too big for me. There's a story that I've, I've been told... Um, um, I've, I've been told that Mother Teresa was asked. She, she said, as she was serving the, the, the lost and the broken in the streets of Calcutta, and somebody came to her and said, how can you um, serve in this ocean of need? And those particular words, how, 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 where there is so much need and you're, you're doing the, what you can, how, how, how are you making a difference? And she turned to the gentleman and she said, Sir, an ocean is made up of many drops. And I'll start with one drop at a time. And a similar story, um, and I've seen something similar to this. When I was in Papua New Guinea, you see these seasons where um, suddenly there is an overflow. I, I remember looking out from my house at the top of the hill down into the sea. And along the edge of the blue ocean was this black band this black band right along the coast. And all the local people were in the water with baskets and everything. I thought, what's going on? Everybody was in the water. And so I went down to find out what was going on. And it was a season when the fish came in. And they literally just went and stood in the water and put baskets in. And they scooped up lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of little fish. Lots and lots and lots of them. They just kept on coming in. And there are those seasons when we have this kind of flow which is just... God's creation. And this story relates to those kind of seasons. A gentleman walks down a beach, and as he walks down the beach, he sees all these starfish getting... It's that season when starfish are getting washed up on the beaches. And as he walks down the beach, he looks at these starfish, and as the tide's going out, he thinks if these starfish don't, don't get something that doesn't happen, then the sun will burn on them, and they'll dry up, and they'll die. And he walks a bit further down the fish, thinking, what can I do? further down the beach and thinks, what on earth can I do? And he comes across a man, and there's a man bending down and picking up one starfish and throwing it into the water, and then bending down and picking up another starfish and throwing it into the water. And he says to the man a similar question to the one to Mother Teresa. How can you make a difference with such a large need? It's pointless what you're doing. And the man turns and looks at him, and then bends down and picks up another starfish and says, and I'm making a difference to this one. And I'm making a difference to this one. And I'm making a difference to this one. I want to encourage you, however big your vision is, it starts with the first step. I believe it might be a Chinese proverb or an African proverb that says, every journey starts with the first step. I think if you read one of my favourite books, you'll find it similarly echoed in a book called The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, when it talks about the journey and the first steps. And it's so easy to have a vision and do nothing. 
Because we sit at home and we, we, we don't know how to start. And we look at what we've got to do and we think, where can I start? And we need something of Mother Teresa's spirit. We need something of the man on the beach's spirit. Well, I'm going to start with this one. It may only be one, but I'm going to start with this one. And I want to start with some simple questions, which is, okay, if we're going to enlarge the kingdom, if we're going to reach the lost, let's start with one at a time. Let's not worry about 10 or 20 or 50. Let's start with one. If every one of you in this room prayed for somebody this week and God answered that prayer and that person turned to Christ, or their, and, and we read in Scripture so many times about how you and your household will be saved. So one gets saved and then the household gets saved as the household gets changed. And I think people are looking for life. They're looking for hope. They're looking for life in all its fullness. In the, in the book of Psalms, David wrote this. David gave us an illustration here. Um, about what it was like. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf will, shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. There's life. That speaks of life. People are, go- people are drawn to life. Um, some of you uh, have heard us talk about a guy called Keith Hazel, who was the founder of the network that we're part of. A lovely guy from Essex who spent decades in, in, um, in Canada. And I remember being at a conference once, and it was a conference of all ages. And at this conference, at the end of the, of the worship, there was a time of ministry, and then the kind of service broke. And there was a big gathering, a crowd. Down. So, so Keith was in his late 60s. There was a big gathering, a crowd down the front. 20, 30 young people all gathering around somebody. And something was going on. God was moving. And I went down the front to join in and realised amongst all these 20-somethings and teenagers, right in the middle was Keith. You know, people gather round life. And, and when we show life, people come to us. They, Why are you so happy today? What makes you smile? Why aren't you miserable? Why aren't you stressed about what's going on in the news today? Well, I have a peace in my heart. Okay, the, government's, the, the Prime Minister's changing. Okay, but God's still in control. It's very, very easy to, to have the boat of our lives um, kicked off course, blown off course by the winds of news. Do you know what? If we allow the headlines to decide how we feel today, we, we've missed something somewhere. If we allow the headlines of news to decide whether we're up here or down here, you know, actually, we need to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. We need to be setting the temperature, not following what's going on. And then let me read on into Ephesians now, as it says this in Ephesians um, chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. And this is a great, a great scripture. And I remember um, we had a, um, he wasn't a young man, he was a mature student from Ghana. And he spent a year with us as he studied uh, actually at Brunel University, when Brunel was up at Englefield Green. And I remember having a farewell barbecue, and he, he quoted this scripture. He said, you welcomed me as a stranger, you made me feel at home, um, and uh, I felt part of the family very, very quickly. And therefore, this, we read from Ephesians 2, verses 19 and 20. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, 
having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, the cornerstone. So when we start to realise, when we start to recognise that Christ is the cornerstone, the foundation, so whatever dreams and visions we have, there is a cornerstone upon which we can build our faith. And what, how can we build? Well, I'll read one of my favourite psalms. Psalm 46 says this. Psalm 46 says this. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And I, I'm probably reading this prophetically for some, some people this morning. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth shall be removed... And though the mountains will be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Yeah, if there's a lot of noise going on around you, run to him. If you're not sure, stand on the cornerstone that is Christ. For whatever dream or whatever vision God's given you, our mission is clear. There's a film series, there used to be a TV programme called Mission Impossible. And some of us sometimes, I'm sure, feel that this mission is impossible. It's in Matthew chapter 28 and begins at verse 18 and it says this. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountains which Jesus had appointed for them. When he saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Our mission is clear. Go into all the world. And that world starts with one. It starts with the next step. It starts with reaching somebody. Sharing love, sharing a meal, sharing a blessing, praying, telling them about Jesus. Whatever visions and dreams God gives us, whatever journey he calls us on, behind it is this mission statement. Go ye into all the world. And start with one. Don't point to the church and say it's, it's the church's job. Yes, it is the church's job, but we are the church. You can point at me and say it's Dave's job. Yeah, it's my job. It's our job. Go ye into all the world. Doesn't mean we have to get on a plane. Doesn't mean we need to get all our inoculations. There's plenty of people doing that already. There are many people who are travelling around the world reaching. But if we just reached our neighbours then we, like that man on the beach and like Mother Teresa, would say, OK, the world up is, the world, yes, there is this ocean of need. Yes, there is this world of desperation, but I'm going to make a difference to this one. And I'm going to make a difference to this one. And I'm going to make a difference to this one. For God is 
Good. Let me pray. Father, I pray that for the, the dreamers amongst us, Lord, you give us a dream. For, the, for those who see pictures, Lord, give us a vision. And even for those who don't, Lord, show us something of how you're calling us into the next season, into the next days. Father, you do exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or imagine. So, Father, I pray that you'd help us to look beyond the limitations of what we ask for, to see your provision, to see your kingdom come, to see your kingdom enlarged, to see lives changed, to see circumstances turned around. Just as Maria shared with us, Lord God, as, as um, that child and that situation. And Lord, now that family has a home and the husband has a job and the children are well. Father, thank you that you go before us. Open our eyes to what you see. Help us to do the one thing that you, you call us to do today. Father, help us to do it with joy. Help us to do it with passion. Help us to do it with purpose. And Lord, when we run out of ourselves, help us to be men and women of faith. Because that's when we need to lean on you. Lord, when we run about, out of our capacity, when we run out of the words to say or the wisdom and the knowledge of what to do. Father, would you give us gifts of wisdom and knowledge? Would you give us words of prophecy? Lord, would you release miracles and healings and, 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 and tongues, O oh God, to speak into situations? For Father God, you call us as your people to follow your son Jesus. As we follow him, we want to follow him and do what he called us to do. Go ye into all the world and make disciples. Help us to be disciple makers, that we might change the world one step at a time, one person at a time, one moment at a time. For your glory we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.